are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Power to the Pod. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, here on Locked On Dolphins. Excited to dig in today. Lots of great questions, as always. We'd expect nothing less from the Dolphins pod community. And we also have some news regarding the Pro Bowl and a roster transaction for the Dolphins that's pretty relevant based on what some fans wanted to see earlier this season. So lots to get into. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting, limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. First order of business, the Pro Bowl rosters came out. Before we get into any fan questions or topics that you guys want to discuss, uh, yeah, so the, the Pro Bowl came out, and Xavier Howard has made the Pro Bowl for the second time, which is very well-deserved. Uh, and just scratching the surface of what Xavier Howard deserves if we're being honest about his caliber of play this season. But Xavier Howard was the only member of the 2020 Miami Dolphins to be named to the Pro Bowl, which is a farce when you look at some of the other players who got the nod over some of the Dolphins players, and I understand the Dolphins do not have a bunch of household names, and that inevitably is going to work in their against their favor in trying to identify who is most deserving for some of these awards. Offensively, I'm fine with you not making the case for any Dolphins offensive player to make the Pro Bowl, especially when Mike Gusecki probably has the best resume, and he's behind Travis Kelsey, who's... I, pretty sure leading the league in receiving yards, and Darren Waller, who's also a stud. They managed to find a spot for a fullback, though. Maybe a third tight end would have done you better. I don't know. But defensively, defensive end Emmanuel Agba snubbed uh, in favor of Frank Clark, who has less pressures, less hits, less forced fumbles, less sacks, less tackles, lower PFF grade, like you go through the full gauntlet and I challenge somebody to find a single statistic that Frank Clark is better than Emmanuel Ogbat this year. And I wouldn't even say necessarily if you're only going to take three defensive ends, which is a weird number to take, that Emmanuel Ogba is next on the list. But to see Frank Clark just because he plays for the Kansas City Chiefs Get in in front of Emmanuel Agba is a unpleasant reminder of how dumb the Pro Bowl process is, if we're being honest. Don't have any exceptions with anybody else defensively when you look at you know what the cutoff was. Really good football players making the Pro Bowl. Uh, but the special teams units. Jake Bailey for the Patriots making it as the punter over Matt Hawk. I disagree with. Uh, Justin Tucker making it over Jason Sanders. I understand Jason has uh, become human once again and missed two kicks in recent weeks. But Jason Sanders won AFC Special Teams Player of the Month in October and November. <laughs> and he didn't he didn't make the Pro Bowl just because Justin Tucker is a household name. 
I would even go as far as to say that Jakeem Grant as the return specialist is more deserving than Andre Roberts, who was the designated return specialist to make the Pro Bowl from the Buffalo Bills. Dolphins, much more so than other teams, special teams is a core piece of the identity and no recognition for it, which is disheartening. Surprising? No. Nobody's going to know special teams con- contributors on a upstart 9-5 and football team that was 5-11 and last year. So kudos to Xavier Howard. You should have had three or four Dolphins with you, as far as I'm concerned, on that roster. But, alas, you know we'll see who makes the Super Bowl vacancies if the Dolphins get any call-ups, guys in the bullpen. Hopefully we do. Uh, be nice to see some Dolphins representation other than Xavier Howard, who I believe in the last three years is the only Dolphin to make the Pro Bowl. But that wasn't the only news that came through yesterday that is of importance to us, a roster transaction. A big one when you consider some of the fanfare that existed for this player earlier this season. The Miami Dolphins announced on Monday afternoon that they had waived wide receiver Antonio Callaway. Callaway, who has struggled to make his mark on the Dolphins this season, despite the Dolphins' persistent injuries in the wide receiver room throughout the course of the year. Callaway logged just two receptions for 20 yards in five games for the Dolphins after spending the first half of the season fulfilling a previous suspension as a member of the Dolphins' practice squad. If Callaway was going to make an impact on the Dolphins, this past Sunday against the New England Patriots would have been the day when the Dolphins were without wide receivers Jakeem Grant, Preston Williams, and Devontae Parker, but instead, Callaway was largely regulated to the sideline, and therefore the Dolphins deemed this the necessary time to part ways with another one of their low-risk reclamation projects. Of course, the larger conversation here is regarding the Miami Dolphins and their skill players and what this group is going to look like moving forward. And there was some interesting context to this conversation that was brought about by one of Tua Tagovailoa's greatest champions, Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer, of course, was one of the critical pieces of the Tagovailoa pre-draft camp in helping to coordinate a throwing session that served as a pseudo-pro day amid the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Dilfer has known Tangavaloa for a very long time, and he has always referred to Tangavaloa as a generational transcendent type of talent. Trent Dilfer appeared on the Ryan Rosselio podcast and was asked about the Dolphins' usage of Tua Tangavaloa, and if he was concerned in the manner in which the Dolphins were electing to implement their rookie quarterback. And Dilfer countered that, in all actuality, when you compare Tangavaloa's college style of play and mentality to being able to flip the switch and be a different type of quarterback because that's what the Dolphins need him to be with the roster that they currently have at their disposal. It's really rather impressive and Dilfer making a lot of points that Dolphins fans have been familiarized with throughout the course of the the entire 2020 season. This is a team who plays complementary football. Offense, defense, and special teams all complement each other. The Dolphins do want to play things closer to the vest and protect the football in 2020, and Tungvaloa has done that. Granted, he has thrown one interception in each of his last two starts, but those are the first two interceptions of Tungvaloa's career, one of which was a ball that Jakeem Grant failed to win in the high point situation, and the other one was a questionable throw, but Tungvaloa was hit on the delivery when targeting Lynn Bowden in the red zone against the New England Patriots on Sunday. 
Trent Dilfer would then go on throughout the course of this conversation to bring up the fact that Tua Tagovailoa was, in his eyes, the best four verticals thrower of the football of any college quarterback he's ever seen. And the Dolphins simply do not do that. And a large part of the reason why is because the Dolphins do not have the horsepower in the skill groups to really press and challenge teams vertically. And we've seen the side products of this throughout the course of the season, teams crowding the box and how that has been a challenge to try to generate consistency in the run game because they're outnumbered in the box because the Dolphins really don't take a lot of shots vertically down the field. And with players like Antonio Callaway, who would have hopefully stepped into that kind of a role but failed to have done so, expect that to be the next step in the evolution of building an offense and a roster around Tua Tagovailoa, getting more players that can threaten and win vertically so that when the Dolphins do space the field, defenses have to respect their ability to get vertical and stack corners on the boundary because that is a missing component for this team, and it was even before injuries started to take hold. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer than ever. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust for all of the best bets in sports gambling, betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for 50% welcome bonus. The Dolphins opening earlier this week, minus two favorites against the Raiders in week 16. If you feel like that's a nice investment for you to make, swing over to betonline.ag, get your free account, get a 50% welcome bonus, and let's get this thing started. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. We had no shortage of great questions, as always, as I teased at the top of the show, but one kind of common theme that I did see, and it is NFL draft related, but it's not related to the Miami Dolphins roster per se. One common theme that I had some questions trickling through on that I thought now would be as good a time as any considering there's only two games left in the season. The Houston Texans draft pick, watch. Uh, It is officially on. And uh, um, it's going to be a better pick than what the Dolphins got in 2020 as part of the Laramie Tunsil package. That's the good news. The even better news, uh, this range of slots in the draft order that this pick could fall, depending on how the last two weeks go, gets very, 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 very high in the draft order. Thanks in large part to the Cincinnati Bengals upsetting, screw them though, by the way, uh, upsetting the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, on Monday Night Football last night. Because the Houston Texans played the Cincinnati Bengals this weekend. Houston, as things currently stand, is the sixth worst record in the NFL. Which means that if the draft started tomorrow, the Dolphins would have the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL draft. This weekend alone, the Carolina Panthers, who are one of the five teams in front of the Texans pick, play the Washington football team who sounds like they might not be without Alex Smith. Apparently, Dwayne Haskins uh, was caught on social media out at a strip club after the game um, this past Sunday, and his availability and wouldn't be surprised if from a both disciplinary 
uh, perspective for COVID procedures. And also this is now a number of times that Dwayne Haskins has had issues with uh, staying focused on the season. Would not be surprised if Washington kind of shifts some stuff around there. They're playing Carolina. And if Carolina wins and Houston were to lose to the Cincinnati Bengals, you are talking about the Dolphins entering Week 17, potentially owning a playoff spot, and picking third or fourth in the draft order. So one of the things that I did do, I did this for over at DolphinsWire.com today, uh, and I enjoyed it. Is it my friends over at PlayoffPredictors.com. It's a great website to kind of tinker with and look at what's going on, you know, what the rest of the schedule looks like. You could pick the games and see what the end result is. Draft order and uh, standings, playoff standings-wise. I have a four-step process. If the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Houston Texans in Week 16, if the Texans also lose in Week 17 to the Tennessee Titans, who are currently deadlocked with the Indianapolis Colts for the AFC South title, if Carolina gets a win against Washington this weekend, and if the Atlanta Falcons can steal a win against either Kansas City, not going to happen, or Tampa Bay, maybe, depending on the playoff seating. Tampa might not have anything to play for. If those four things happen, the Miami Dolphins will own the 2021 third overall pick. Now, conversely, you look at the, that's the best case scenario. You look at the worst case scenario, it is uh, as exciting as that is equally terrifying <laughs> because there are a ton of teams that are separated by like a game in the standings. If Houston were to win out, win their last two games, they beat Tennessee, they beat Cincinnati, there are enough games between teams that have five or four wins currently you know, remaining on their schedules. Uh, the absolute worst this pick will fall is 15th in the draft order. That's a big swing. Two weeks are going to determine a 12-spot range for the Dolphins in their draft selection. The good news, on any given Sunday, you just watched the, the New York Jets defeat the Los Angeles Rams in a division race, and we just watched the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in a division race. In week 15 alone, if you get a couple of weird upsets, I don't expect the bottom's going to drop out on this pick. I'd be surprised if it ends up being third, but what a dream that would be. And I'm trading out of that pick, by the way. We'll, we'll talk more about that later. I would be trading out of that pick, I should say. I'd expect this pick is probably going to some, land somewhere between six and eight, which is right about where it's at now. That should put you in striking distance for potentially wide receiver one depending on how early the quarterback market heats up. Uh, so the Dolphins, you know, are a really exciting opportunity awaiting them. And for all the attention that we deservedly give the Dolphins playoff race right now, uh, we should also be keeping at least one eye somewhat on the horizon for what the Houston Texans are doing because, you know, bless them for fumbling into the end zone or fumbling in the end zone or in the red zone twice in two games against the Colts uh, because, you know, the Dolphins are still in a position to control their own destiny if they win out. But those two decisions, even though that would have bought the Dolphins the wiggle room to potentially comfortably make the playoffs, we're still looking at a top 10 pick right now. And I would expect Houston's probably going to split. They'll probably beat Cincinnati and then lose to Tennessee, who has a lot to play for.
that wasn't one question, but that was something I saw pop up from a number of different people. So I figured I'd kind of tackle that one in mass. Uh, another popular, instead of you know isolating individual questions, there were a number of themes that I think are more important for us to discuss today. One of which being uh, the wide receiver room. One question, how many wide receiver additions do you think we need this offseason? Uh, my answer is a lot. <laughs> um, if I'm reshuffling the Dolphins depth chart, and we're going from 2020 to 2021. The only players that I would consider locks to bring back onto the roster at all at the wide receiver position are Devontae Parker. I'm putting Limbo Jr. in that bucket based on what he's shown us. And you get one special teams guy. I don't care if it's Jakeem Grant. I don't care if it's Mac Hollins. They both have special teams value in their own unique ways. So if you're going to carry six, potentially seven wide receivers, you're talking, I'm interested in adding three or four new receivers to not just compete, but like take spots on the depth chart. In a perfect world, Devontae Parker goes from being your alpha option, and he becomes the player in the role that the Dolphins have tried for the last two years to make Preston Williams be. A really good physical possession receiver, number two. But we need somebody who has a little bit more durability. You know, Devontae Parker, to his credit, he has really evolved as a professional. This is the first missed game he's had this season. Um, But some of the soft tissue stuff, like he... We can't afford to continue to have the Dolphins' number one receiving threat that we funnel so much of the passing game through uh, miss a half of football because of a, a tweak or a soft tissue bruise or whatever. I'm not saying Devontae Parker's not a great football player and not a key staple of what we're doing, but take that player and put him into Devon, into Preston Williams's role instead of asking him to continue to be the high-volume alpha week in, week out, year in, year out. Because that's so disruptive to the wide receiver room. What does that mean for Preston Williams? I'm, I'm going to be honest. I could take or leave Preston Williams. I'm not saying I don't think Preston Williams can't play. But there are enough concerns here. Two seasons that were ended halfway through in consecutive years to start his career. He's caught 51% of his targets over those 16 games that he's played. He's got good body control. There's some frustrating drops on his tape. If I'm just being honest, like, I'm not marrying myself to Preston Williams has to be in the wide receiver room next year. Alan Hearns, Albert Wilson, both of those guys, they really don't do anything for me. Limbo and Jr. is a more dynamic, younger, cheaper version of what you would get with Albert Wilson anyway. So, um, Malcolm Perry, I think, has a chance to stick. I'd like to see him stick. I think he's a fun football player, and obviously with his character, he's he's somebody you want in your locker room. Um, So if you carry seven, then okay. You know, let's make sure Malcolm Perry's got a role to play as well. But I think you need a perimeter. I think you need an, an alpha receiver. I think you need some vertical components. And you definitely need to continue to address multifaceted guys. Think about who the Dolphins wanted. This past offseason, it was reported that they wanted Brandon Ayuk. And that San Francisco traded up to get in front of Miami to get Brandon Ayuk. 
what we need to start doing is, is looking for those kinds of players. And I'm not ready to kind of go through that list yet, but that's kind of the mold as far as like, I want an alpha guy outside and I want a, two or three guys that are like Brandon Ayuk. That would be how I would approach the wide receiver room because I think it, it grossly needs to be upgraded just as the running back room does as well. I saw two or three questions regarding the Raiders quarterback situation. You know, would you rather face Marcus Mariota or would you rather face Derek Carr? And um, that's an interesting dynamic to this football game. If Derek Carr is going to force himself to play because he's not 100%, I'd rather face that guy. If you can tell me you can face a guy who's not really a threat with his legs, is going to play hurt, and has a tendency to kind of turtle and not really consistently push the ball deep, not that I think the Raiders have a bunch of good matchups in that component of the game anyway, containing Darren Waller is going to be a problem and consistently getting your fits in the run game to contain Josh Jacobs is going to be the other problem. But the New England Patriots had a ton of success, and what they did is they doubled the checkdowns and left the receivers on the outside one-on-one, and Carr just ate the ball and took the sacks. So if you're going to tell me I get that guy with those tendencies and he's going to play hurt with a lower body injury, I want to face that guy. We here at the Locked On Network have been big-time proponents of the Built brand, and Built's newest product, Built Go, just ups the ante even more. It's a workout gel that's built to help you break through your mental or physical wall each and every day. It's easy to take. It comes in a one-and-a-half-ounce package. You can put it in your back pocket, in your golf bag, in your briefcase, in your glove compartment, wherever, and it's always ready to go when you are, it's the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's like drinking a monster with a third of the caffeine and better results. It comes in three delicious flavors. My personal favorite is chocolate mint, but there's also peanut butter honey and chocolate coconut. Bilko combines energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast-absorbing, and it gets into your system fast, and it's easier on your stomach. It's loaded with the good stuff to ignite your system. Beta alanine, B3, honey, caffeine. And it's built to kick all day long with B6 and B12. So visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. As I would always expect with Power of the Pod, lots of Tua Tagovailoa questions. Uh, proud of you guys. Always bring it. Uh, one that stood out to me from Tyler I thought was interesting. Are there a lot of Tua haters or are they just loud? It seems like a certain segment of Miami's media and national media want Tua to fail. Why do you think that is? He seems likable to me. I think he is likable. Um, this is what happens, and this is an adjustment for Dolphins fans when you're relevant and you have a superstar-type player, and, and two is not a superstar in the NFL by any means, but he was the biggest player on the biggest stage on the biggest team in the best program in college football for three years. Everybody has an opinion. And when everybody knows your guy, everybody's going to have an opinion, and not all of them are going to be glowing opinions. So take it for a grain of salt. You know, if, if you have Dolphins fans that are actively rooting against Tua, like, that's pretty weird. Like, he's on the team. We should all be rowing in the same direction here. 
you can, you know, look back in hindsight and say, I wish they would have done such and such instead. And that's fine. You know, it's not really productive at this point. So I would say, you know, the, the noise around Tua is a byproduct of who he was before he got here. And that's not, that's the kind of player Miami has not had in a long time. Steven wants to know if the Dolphins win, run the table, if we get an emergency podcast on Sunday night for making the playoffs. I will do this. I will commit to you this because I'm doing my uh, fifth mock draft for the draft network this Sunday, week 16. If the Dolphins run the table and get into the postseason, yes, we will get an emergency podcast immediately after the Bills game talking about everything about the playoffs. I will make that verbal commitment to you guys now. Elias wants to know how Michael Dieter played, and is he a potential replacement for Jesse Davis as the sixth offensive lineman with his versatility? I think Michael Dieter has a lot of value to this team because he can play, but I think he's a little different than than Jesse in that Michael, I feel comfortable playing guard center guard. Uh, he can play the interior trio, and I know he played tackle at Wisconsin. I would not be placing... Michael Dieter outside to play tackle. So that's the discrepancy where I do think the Dolphins, if Jesse Davis is going to, you know, have sticking power, it will be as the swing tackle, your third tackle. If he's not going to have sticking power, then the Dolphins need to identify who your swing tackle is uh, and, and make sure that that position is taken care of because that versatility, it's uber valuable, super valuable. And uh, Michael Dieter it's nice to know that you can absorb two injuries up front at any two positions and you can have two guys step in no matter what instead of having to pay a backup left tackle, a backup center, a backup left guard, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So a little different, but yeah, the versatility is there and I thought Michael played a good game. Uh, I thought he had some effectiveness with moving and hitting landmarks that he is more mobile than what the Dolphins have a lot of right now with Flowers and Kinley. Flowers can move and get there. He's a little high-hipped. Uh, he doesn't have great bend, doesn't play with great leverage because that's what happens when you're built like a tackle and you play guard. Um, so sustaining those blocks once he gets there is, is a little bit of an issue for him. And, and Solly just, he's so damn big. Like his, his gravitational pull as a blocker is not going to envelope a lot of guys on the second level. I thought Dieter did a better job specifically at that component of the game. But Solomon's starting for a reason, and I would expect you know the, the guys that they have are going to be the guys that they have. But I do think Dieter has a role to play, whether it is as a utility guy or potentially long-term stepping into a starting role. Because I thought he flashed really well, and I thought he played better when he was in the game than he played at any point last season as a rookie. That's important. I thought this was a good one uh, from Ian. Forget about the most talented or most productive. Who's your personal favorite player on the team? The one who makes you smile, get fired up, Whatever works for you. I have a couple. Uh, Kyle Van Noy is one. Uh, Kyle Van Noy, I think his versatility allows him to fill so many roles for the Dolphins. And it's a really, a lot of times, a thankless job um, to be able to bounce around and play 10, 15 yards downfield in coverage. KVN, whether you're catch it or drop it, I don't care. I still love you to play on the edge, to play twist and stunt game inside as, a, as an interior pressure player. 
that versatility, you know, those those guys who are jack of all trades, who can contribute in run defense, who can contribute in the pass rush, and who can contribute in pass coverage. Um, I just love watching them kind of wear all those hats and move around. Christian Wilkins is another one. Obviously, his energy is infectious. Uh, love his passion for the game and, and how he really energizes his teammates. Zach Sealer is another dirty work kind of player I've, I've really enjoyed watching this year. Offensively, Lynn Bowden's getting up there. He's a super fun dude to watch. And uh, I think he's going to just continue to get more and more put on his plate. And I'm excited, excited to see how that turns out for him. There were a lot of questions about which team would be the best playoff matchup in the first round for the Dolphins. I'll plan on tackling that later this week because that's a larger conversation with a lot of layers to it. Uh, the one last question that jumped out at me that I did want to discuss was uh, who I thought were five players who were deserving of contract extensions for the Dolphins as things currently stand. So to, to answer that question, you got to look forward and project, okay, who are the expiring contracts for the Dolphins in 2021? Ryan Fitzpatrick, Matt Breida, Gruje Hill, Ted Karras, Vince Beagle, Matt Hawk, Elan and Roberts, Kayvon Frazier, DeAndre Washington, Matt Collins, Julian Davenport, Devon Gotchal, Salvin Ahmed, Benito Jones, Sam McGuavin, Nick Needham, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the good news is some of these guys, Ahmed, Benito Jones, Aguavin, Needham, these are exclusive rights free agents. They're not going anywhere. The Dolphins are going to tender them. They're going to keep them for cheap on the roster, and they'll be here next year, no questions asked. Unrestricted free agents, Godshall, Hollins, Hawk, Beagle, Karras. I think Ted Karras deserves an extension. I do. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily the highest of ceiling guys. I think he's a serviceable starting center. You get outside of that, and you almost have to start flipping your eyes to Vince Beagle. I, I really enjoyed watching him play in 2019. I hope he's healthy. I hope the Dolphins do bring him back, uh, even though he didn't play this year. Elan and Roberts is another one that there's a bunch of guys on this list specifically that I would love to have back for the Dolphins but maybe playing in a little bit of a lesser volume role than what they're playing now. And Roberts is one of those guys where between the tackles, he's a, th- a stud. You know, special teams guy is going to contribute a bunch on special teams. Uh, he has plenty of versatility. He's really coming to his own throughout the course of the season as far as the Dolphins feeling out when and where to use him. He's a player I would like to see back. But outside of that, you have to go to like the 2022 expiring free agents to find guys that you're going to pound the table for like Emmanuel Agba. Sign him to an extension now. Mike Kosecki, sign him to an extension this offseason. I would extend Jerome Baker. I would extend Jason Sanders. Those are the kind of names on the 2022 expiring free agents list. And that's why the Dolphins and their youth movement is so important because you can very clearly see there's this like sustained runway of the core of the team is locked in for like three years. But if I were to start thinking ahead, I'd look at 2022, guys like Agba, Gasecki, Baker, Sanders. Those are the guys who I would want to get extensions done with sooner rather than later. I am always going to be a proponent personally from my own point of view 
of setting the market for players and not waiting until later in the process and then having to pay the market price that somebody else decided it was worth for them to play their player. Hope you guys enjoyed Power to the Pod. I certainly did. We have three more shows this week. We have the Raiders on Saturday night, primetime national television. So we'll have plenty of time to kind of digest everything that happened. Hopefully enter Club Dub for the 10th time this season. So make sure you hit subscribe on the podcast. Follow along with us. This year has been a blast. We got a couple more games, but just because the season's getting ready to end doesn't mean Locked On Dolphins is letting off the gas. We are all gas, no breaks here on this podcast. Five days a week, every week, year round, taking care of business, your team every day. We don't see it for no reason. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks as always for listening.